Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 264 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we come to you after the Pelicans whoop the Kings' ass um, on the second night of, on their second night of a back-to-back. We're going to start with that, actually. Uh, but before we do that, he returns. The guest man is back. Hello. You know, um, Roman calls Paul Heyman his wise man. From now on, I'm going to call you my guest man. So <laughs> you will be guest man from now on. Oh, yeah. Anyways, the Kings cannot, for the life of them, take care of business against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Not only can they not take care of teams on the second night of a back-to-back, they're two, they're two and eight in these kinds of games. They've lost eight and won two of these kinds of games. That's how bad they are. And also, they're not good at taking advantage of teams without their stars. You can you can say like with the Indiana game, you could say we we said well, you know De'Aaron Fox helps would really change the game for them. You can't really say that about this game because the Pelicans were also missing Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Bi, and Zion Williamson. So there's no excuse there, and you know to a certain degree Dyson Daniels. I don't know if that matters that much, but the Pelicans were missing their stars on a second night of back to back. You should have been able to at least put up a fight. But instead, they get outworked, they get outshot, they get outhustled, and they just get destroyed by the Pelicans. Yeah, I don't I don't think Fox should be the factor of us, you know, winning or losing these type of games because we have a really good team, even regardless uh, with Fox uh, being absent today. And it just so happens that, I don't know, Maybe it's just because we're not good against uh, road teams or, you know, we just had a very bad night. But it seems like it's to a point where we're just so inconsistent in terms of how we play games. Yeah. You know, without Fox, it means that you need your role players to step up. Keegan Murray, one of seven. And I think the one was actually in garbage time. And then Kevin Herter, three of eight. Pretty much all his makes were in garbage time. And then Harrison Barnes, a bit of a no-show, like one for three this game for seven points. Just the the role players aren't showing up, particularly those three. And you just need production from those positions if you're going to be missing, you know, one of the one your your second or, you know, best player on the team. Because... Also, like the other side is the the unfortunate thing about this is that the bench was actually good this game. It's just that the starters sucked. Yeah, I know. It's kind of surprised me too. And one thing I kind of wished from this game actually was seeing more shots on Barnes. Like, I I wouldn't mind seeing him have like 10 attempts and see how that kind of production is going. But I mean, other than that, uh, none of our stars could hit a like a really good shot from beyond the arc or even you know within the range. And you know when you can't hit from outside, the you know the paint gets more congested. The the Pelicans I didn't really realize this are a very long team. They made it very hard for the the ball handlers to get the ball to Sabonis on the roll like the whole game, and that you know more or less has kind of shut down their offense. You know. It's tough, like when you're just not hitting from outside. And the frustrating part is you're not getting production from good shooters. That's the problem. And then, you know, the, the paint just gets more congested. And the Kings also, 
I don't think they'll be able to fix this this season, but they just don't know how to take care take advantage of matchups. Sometimes they like Harrison Barnes is probably the biggest uh, culprit of this. Like in 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 Indiana, they could they had Andrew Nemhart six two Andrew Nemhart on uh, Harrison Barnes for much of that game, and they didn't go to that matchup in this game. Like they had like you know um, Jose Alvarado on him on certain possessions, and like Devontae Graham like attack those matchups. Like Keegan Murray had like Devontae Graham on him on for a few possessions. Like attack those matchups. That probably won't come until next season. That's kind of their the next evolution of their offense. But as it stands right now, you just you're just not getting production from you know your other guys. Yeah, and especially when we got to the bonus, pre, I would say pretty easily for what second, third, even fourth quarter. I mean, we should be attacking a lot more, especially. Since, you know, those are easy points. Yeah, you want to talk about, like, advantages the Kings just don't take care of. In the bonus at 859, they drew, I think, one foul for the rest, for the rest, of, the rest of the quarter. Maybe two. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It, the Kings, they just seem to shy away from doing things the right way sometimes. I don't know what it is. Like, for example, you know, you're, the, the team was on the second night of back-to-back. You, you want to like lock in on defense and like try and suffocate them, like demoralize them. Instead, they just let the other team kind of have their way. Like, you know, hey, you hey, you want to drive to the drive to the basket and here we'll just gift wrap you, you know, a dunk, uh, an and one on top of that. Like just to get you guys going, let, let you guys get loose. It's just I don't know what it is with the Kings like starting out like so bad, especially in these games. And yeah, like. You know, you could argue, like, if they don't start that well, like, it could become a bit of a slog. And then, you, and then you know, you hopefully they never find their offensive rhythm and you find your offensive rhythm. And maybe the game's a little bit different. But instead, they just let the other team kind of, you know, out-hustle, out-work, and again, out-shoot you from everywhere on the floor. Like, the, the Pelicans, give credit to the Pelicans for doing that. But it's so annoying to watch the Kings just let them do it. Yeah, I got to say, it felt like we didn't have much of a offensive game plan in most of the possessions. Like, we have some bonus out there, of course. We should be facilitating the offense, but it, it seemed like no one could get open. And you talked about the, whatchamacallit, the length of the Pelicans team, which, you know, kind of traps the bonus. We, we we just need guys to, like, move around more and, you know, get some bonus, uh, whatchamacallit, in the passing game and uh you know get that offense rolling yeah this is something that Sabonis and the Kings are gonna have to figure out like it, part of me they, like is thinking maybe he's he's getting a little tired because there's a there's a level of just non-aggressiveness from him which is concerning as well but I do think like that he needs to make an adjustment and the Kings need to make an adjustment that when the teams try to take away him take away Domas like take does he he needs to either you know try and score a little more or he's gonna or they're gonna need to like find like modify the offense to make it so some like not some somebody's got to cut basically like use use your shooting threat to kind of set up a backdoor cut of some sort they need to do something because the way that it's going on right now they're kind of suffocating domas like there's no there's no cutters that are open and there's like there's no shooters that are like really open like they need to do something and just to make just make things easier for domas and hell that adjustment could be just getting back to Aaron fox like let's not rule that out but right now like 
once the other team takes away Domas and he doesn't attack as aggressively, it's game. It's game a lot of the time. Yeah, and it doesn't help that our defense wasn't great in this game either. Like we let uh, guys just get through us, and you know Sabonis, as much as a decent defender he is, he, he can't stop most of these uh, guys at all in the paint. We need some uh, sort of help uh, when it comes to these type of drives, and especially in the perimeter <laughs> against Trey Murphy. My God, like we give him too much space. Yeah, like. You know, I I get that the defensive scheme is you have to help off like the weak side or whatever. Honestly, Trey Murphy was just getting it going so hard. I was ready to just straight up give them layups as opposed to Trey Murphy threes. Mm-hmm. Like just okay. hope that Domas somehow affects the shot, and then you know you have to live with that. It's you know I, I don't I don't know what it is. It, you know, like the defense just isn't where it needs to be. I think it could improve. You know, to what extent, I don't know. But, like, right now, the the guy, like, Kevin Herter was really bad this game. Like, he got blown by so often. And he, and he was, and he fouled, like, early, too. He was just bad this game. And, you know, they need to just be, like, more physical. Like, before Fox went out, they started these games physical in the beginning of the game. And, it, again, it threw off the other team because they weren't ready for that. And, like, it kind of stymied them, like, to open the games. And, like, that's what they need to do. Like, maybe getting Fox will actually do that. But, like, there's no reason why Davion isn't doing it. Like, you got to come out, like, physical. Like, make these guys feel you. In this game, like, the Pelicans did whatever the hell they wanted. Like, Zeke Naji was bodying dudes, like, out the way. Like, he abused Malik Monk. He abused Kevin Herter. And, yeah, just there's, there's just no physicality, no fight. It's just, like, letting them just score however they want. However, had they just kept scoring and just hit their open shots, like maybe this doesn't matter as much. But like again, their defense is what it is. It's their offense that has abandoned them. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, you know, the Rockets game will be a little different <laughs> in terms of uh, you know, playing without Fox, but hopefully will Fox actually be back for Houston? We don't know yet. And for those there was there's a guy on Twitter. I, I imagine there's other guys on King's Twitter that was like saying, Why isn't why isn't he at the games? He's failing his team. Fuck you. <laughs> go, yeah, go, I know. Go burn go burn. <laughs> go go jump in a fire. Um yeah, it, it is what it is. Like he's having he's having a baby. You're gonna want to spend some time with the baby and with the wife. You know, it I don't know. There's no report of whether he'll be back. Um, so it, you know, if you don't have Fox this game. The guy's got to step up, you know, like next man up mentality. It is what it is. And honestly, do you really need De'Aaron Fox to beat the Rockets? Come on now. I know. that That's my fear right now. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, I did check. Rockets are not on a second night of a back-to-back. So, hey, maybe that maybe that's the problem. We keep playing these goddamn teams on second night of back-to-back. The Pelicans had lost 10 of 11. They just beat the Lakers last night, which was the first win, I think, this in a while. And then the Pacers had lost 10 of 11, and they were on a second night of back-to-back. It's just, it's just one of those things. Kings cannot beat teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, when is the second Houston game? It, it better be Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, we're not playing three in a row. No, 
But if it was Houston back to back, I I'd be wary about that second game. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not good right now. I I will say the silver lining in this is that the Kings have built a a nice little cushion between them and you know the rest of the pack. Although it the gap is closing, they're only one game ahead of the Clippers. If they lose tomorrow night, and I don't know if the Clippers play tomorrow night, then I think they would. Well, they would tie. I would have to go to division worker. I think we still end up end with the third seed, but the Kings need to stop the bleeding. Um, just bef- like before it gets out of control. Like, look at the Pelicans. They've lost again 10, 10 of 12. And they're down in the I think they're the ninth seed now or whatever. If you could check that for yeah, me. But they're ninth. Yeah, they're the ninth seed. They remember they were the third seed before we were. And now they're all the way down there. Just you gotta stop the bleeding. And you you get a bit of a gift with the Rockets. And please, you know you know stop the bleeding take care of business and stop and you know stop this losing streak from getting out of control one thing that the the kings have been good this season is that they they stop the bleeding when it comes to losses because they'll lose two in a row and they'll usually bounce back like with a win and at some point they with the exception of like the four game losing streak at the beginning they've basically never lost more than two or three like very often so Take take advantage. It's the Rockets. You got to take care of business. Come out strong. Come out physical and win that game. Oh, yeah. And once we're done with the Rockets, we're coming home. And hopefully we'll win more games because we have a better record at home than, you know, on the road. Uh, we'll be facing. Uh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to this. Kyrie Irving. Uh, and, yeah. and, Lu- and probably Luka Doncic. And probably Christian Wood, too. Apparently he could be playing Monday. So. Oh, That'll be a very interesting team to see. Uh, okay, so just what a few positive things since we've been negative about this win. The Kings got beat down by 32, so there's not a lot of positives. But however, Keon Ellis, I really liked Keon Ellis. Just he showed a lot of flashes. Now I don't know if this is a real thing or anything. He was like you talk about like physicality and just you know being good on defense. He was active. He he was just constantly in the play, getting his hands, you know, getting involved, getting physical with a ball handler, and then just getting involved in help position. This is something that's going to be interesting. And, you know, if TD does get traded, I'm not saying he'll replace TD. I don't think he's anywhere near as good of a play of an, as an offensive player as TD. But, like, he is a guy that, like, could slot right into that position. Like, I almost feel... Like with so many flashes that he showed in this game, you might need to open up a spot for him. Like you know, definitely by next year. Yeah, definitely the type of production he did today. I could see how the bench could follow suit, if that makes any sense in that way. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, so far his offense. I mean, it's of course it's garbage time. Uh, it seemed pretty okay to me. I mean. Uh, he's probably not going to be, you know, your primary shot creator or your primary offense, as you said. So maybe he'll develop into something maybe later down in the future. And, you know, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, like he he's primarily a catch and shoot guy. I don't I don't I didn't see him try to do too much. Like it, the thing the thing with him is like as soon as he puts the ball in the ground, I get a little nervous. But like he didn't do that this game. And then mm-hmm. again, on defense, he he created a lot of chaos and. You know, again, I I would love to see like a lineup with him and Davion and like, you know, him and Fox, like even just 
you know, using their length to create havoc. And yeah, he he's an interesting guy. Maybe this just flashes and maybe this ends up being nothing. But, you know, net by next year, like, I would love to see what he can do in the rotation if he makes the rotation. Yeah, he definitely did uh, got a couple pretty nice dines, especially to Rashawn on the cut. Mm. And also, like, you know, stuck in there for some offensive rebounds. Just, again, just creates chaos out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other positive, like, the, the starters were absolute shit. Like, the, the, the bench actually cut the lead to two, like, early in the second quarter before, like, the, the avalanche came. But, like, the bench was actually really good. It's unfortunate it was completely wasted. Yeah, hopefully the consistency for, you know, both ends of starters and bench will, you know, come together and we'll figure something out. But other than that, yeah, it's good to see the benches uh, finally, you know, producing something for once. Yeah. And uh, Mike Brown uh, in his press conference, he says he, you know, this team is going through some adversity right now and that, you know, like he wants to see how this team responds to adversity because, in, in moments of, you know, when you face adversity is when you show your true colors. And we'll, we're going to see the true colors of this team. And again, you're getting handed, you know, the Rockets. Take care of business. Don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, you know, after the commercial break, if they do fuck this up, oh, that's going to be a that's going to be a somber second half of the episode. But anyways, before we actually get to that, there was a trade today. Now. I, I was on record of saying I don't think Kyrie is getting traded. Well, I'm an idiot because he immediately he got traded today, like just out of nowhere. Now, the Mavericks were actually one of the rumored teams to be going after him. And I had said it's probably not worth it for them to give up Dorian Finney-Smith. But they fulfilled their promise. They said they would only trade Dorian Finney-Smith for a star. And that's what they did. So Kyrie Irving goes to... The Dallas Mavericks, uh, along, uh, not, not a lot of people said this, with Marquise Morris, that's, another, <laughs> that, that's big, right? Eh, eh. Uh, for Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, the aforementioned Dorian Finney-Smith, the 2029 first-round pick. I don't see any protections on it, and a 2027 and 2029 second-round pick. What did you think of this trade? I thought it was really quick. <laughs> I I really thought Kyrie was going to stick around, like you mentioned. Yeah, I thought he was going to become a net probably until, you know, the offseason. So, but, uh, oh, sorry to cut you off, but apparently he was actually considering, like, sitting out for the rest of the season if you stayed in it. I see. I, I don't know. Like, as a GM, I, I guess, sure, might as well deal him now than you know later in the off season but i feel like you could have gotten something more maybe in the off season but to be honest i i i thought <laughs> the mavs could have like given a just a little more for Kyrie because Kyrie's still a great player just so you gotta deal with you know all of his other antics i would actually disagree just because Kyrie is like one of the issues I had with a team trading for him is that he's so unreliable, like sitting out like basically half the season last year because he wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. And then this year, just for no reason, tweets out some anti-Semitic stuff and then gets suspended from the team. Like he's so unreliable, like as you know, as a player, 
like when he's on the court, it's it's brilliant. It's unfortunate we don't get to talk about that because there's so much bullshit surrounding him. So, like you're you're gonna have to give up assets to give him to get him. Mm-hmm. And you're first of all, he's on the last year of his contract. He's eligible for a forty million dollar extension right now, or for two eighty million dollars total for two years. And he's eligible for a four year max in the off season. Like. Just judging from how he's been since the pandemic, like what makes you think he's gonna be like a guy you can rely on? So you, you put you put that in a factor, and then you have to you have to take in the factor that you have to trade stuff for him. And the Nets ended up getting a pretty decent package in Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney Smith. Like those are good players. Mm-hmm. Like so the map so the maps actually gave up good, useful players to get a guy that you don't know if he's going to just, if he's just going to flip out again, you know, it, by the time the postseason comes along. Yeah. It'll be a interesting team for, I would say for both sides. I mean, we'll see if the Nets make a push <laughs> even further uh, to, you know, their playoffs. And uh, I mean, that was Jesus. Like Kyrie and Luca, that's, <coughs> That's gonna be a nasty, nasty, nasty team. Who's gonna play defense on that team? Oh dear God! Because <laughs> that was the thing about Dorian Finney-Smith. He is their wing defender now. Reggie Bullock is fine, but he's gonna be guarding a lot of wings now, or the best, the best wing scorers now. All I say is just play pure offense. Let the defense work its way somehow in that mix. Okay. Um. On the uh, the other half of the Nets equation, th- does Cam Durant stay in Brooklyn? Uh, that's tough. I I feel like he's he would be gone. Not gonna lie. Okay. Um. Well, that's tough to say what team. So for the Phoenix yeah. Suns are monitoring Kevin Durant. There, I I would say they fall into the same category. What the fuck are you gonna trade for him? But yeah, you know that's just me. But ultimately, like. I, it's a good trade for the Nets if KD is willing to come back. For the Mavs, it's a very mad trade for my liking. Again, I we don't know if he's just going to just go batshit crazy again. Yeah. Uh, for, for better or for worse. Like, we don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. You know? I mean, I feel like he'll settle in. It'll take maybe a couple seasons to, you know, maybe he'll change his mind. Uh, because that's my other again that goes back to my point do you want to find out it for the next few seasons like (sighs) do you actually want to sign him to to an extension like at this point it's like i I don't want to see Kyrie just jumping teams every single season (laughs) because at that point no team is going to trust him at all exactly so like you know like giving him an extension is like a, a lot to ask right now to give him a max extension on top of that. I don't know. He clearly sees himself as a guy that's a max player. And, you know, on the court, he kind of is. Like, again, a brilliant basketball player. But there's just so much bullshit surrounding him to the point that you cannot rely on him. And you will have to think twice about, like, giving him that extension. Mm, wh- when do they have to, uh, well, you know, sign him to an extension by the end of the offseason? The, by the off season, they can sign him to four year. Right now, they can extend him for again eighty million over two years. Mm. 
Yeah, that's yeah. That's tough. I mean, well, I I would say have the Mavs play it out, but at that point, you just gave up <laughs> assets to uh, have a one year chance to you know make it make something big out of it. So uh, Kyrie Irving is said to be ecstatic about the trade to the Dallas Mavericks and looking forward to joining forces with Luka Doncic. Uh, someone tweeted out, uh, retweeted something from 2017 when he was traded to the Celtics. He was ecstatic about joining the Celtics and looking forward to playing for the Celtics and their culture and also Brad Stevens. Yeah. Do you say the same thing for the Nets? <laughs> I actually don't know, actually. Oh, you should, oh, now you remind me. I should look that up. I don't know. It, I'm just saying that there's a hiss, there's a lot of baggage with Kyrie. Let's see if this time around it's gonna be different. Yep, we shall see. Okay. Uh so it's it's already been a week, but you know, you haven't had a chance to actually be on the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. hence your name, guest man. So we have actually haven't had time to talk about the 49ers uh losing to the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, um, with who they basically the 49ers were down to what their sixth quarterback, their tenth quarterback. Um, <laughs> so yeah, break break talk talk about it. What did you what did you think? Um, uh, I mean, it is what it is when you know we have to play <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey as a quarterback for a small stint because I mean, having brought pretty down so early in the game you know it's it's pretty much almost a done deal at that point other than that i mean i felt like the offense and defense could have you know played better in some ways but you know without brock in the mix it's it's tough against this eagles team for sure and uh you know josh uh, i think it's josh johnson his name i believe so yeah yeah that's what (laughs) <laughs> the fourth quarterback and he gets injured too and you know i i didn't believe josh johnson would have you know secured the game for us anyway uh because you know he's been i mean he's been a, a journeyman in terms of uh being a backup quarterback for multiple teams including playing for the sacramento football team at one point uh i forgot what league it was like ucf or something like that i forgot yeah you're asking the wrong guy <laughs> if, you're, yeah. uh, looking, if you're looking for an answer <laughs> but uh other than that yeah the eagles played a really good running game uh their defense was you know second to none against us just so happens that yeah it it's it's a tough loss for sure and i actually can't believe it's already been a week since we played that game uh the super bowl is today or tomorrow <laughs> no i would have been like yeah i'm watching the super bowl not this game <laughs> to be honest uh but no it is not until uh i forgot now it's not for a while it's it's on february 12th so next sunday okay well um I, I guess, you know, just for formality purposes, who are you rooting for? <sighs> That's tough. Because one, we have uh, the Chiefs, which, you know, we lost to uh, them in the Super Bowl a while back. And then there's the Eagles, which we lost to the NFC Championship just a week ago. So 
uh, I would say the Eagles have a slight better chance, but I do like seeing Patrick Mahomes win his second. That's where I'm at. So we'll see what, um, you know, the Chiefs uh, come up with with their offense and what we'll see with the Eagles with their running game because, um, yeah, it's it's a tough choice. I'd Some people say it'll be Eagles winning, but I'd say it's 50-50 for me. Okay, well, that, that sounds good. I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I don't know that much about football, but I do know about Patrick Mahomes. So I'll just be rooting for Patrick Mahomes and, uh, yeah, just move on with that. Um, okay. Uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about um, before we go to commercial break? Uh, you think we're going to get a trade down before Thursday? That's a, that's actually a tough question. I think there will be, but it's going to be a small, 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 small move. Yeah. That's why I thought too. I, I would I'm not going to lie after, you know, some time I think I would like to see a big trade, but it's like for who and what are we even going to give up for that big trade? And after seeing the Kyrie thing, I'm like, holy crap. I, I didn't even expect the big trade to even happen within the NBA this like quickly. Well, you know, he really wanted it out of there. And, you know, the, you know, like the, uh, what's it called? The Nets took the best offer because like, it's, it's not like they didn't have offers. So apparently the other offers, uh, Russell Westbrook and the two picks from the Lakers, apparently the, the Nets wanted uh, Austin Reeves and Max Christie. And they said, um, no. Um, the, the Suns offer Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and a pick the Nets wanted three. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see why. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a no go. I don't think they're going to get, I don't think the Suns are getting Kevin Durant. I don't think they got enough. And if they do trade like Mikel Bridges and that, like what, what do you have left at that point? Like, yeah. so that, that's just me, but, uh, yeah. So I'll, I, I think, like you know this is a one game sample like Willie Hernan Gomez was really good this game like he seems to have some skills like it could be just it could be a complete anomaly but like if he's if like you can't get Mason Plumley, like take a look at a guy like Willie Hernan Gomez why not yeah and you mentioned during the game like he, he rarely gets to see the floor at times because you know there's Jonas and there's a for, I, I didn't even know where Nance Jr. was a small ball five for their backup yeah, and like again, Jonas doesn't close a lot of games either. So, yeah. yeah. So you know, I think I think the Kings need a backup center, and they need another shot creator. Like Malik has been good lately, but he's been he he can be up and down. And of course, they need some defensive help. And like you know, like an option like Mobamba. Although again, I don't know Mobamba's like good enough to really change anything. But like they do need some defensive help. They just do. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we've said this, or you told me in past podcasts, it's a lot to ask for for one guy or maybe a second guy to uh, come to the Kings and you know be that productive for us straight off the bat. Yeah, we'll we'll see how things turn out. Um, you know, I'm you, I'm more or less okay with whatever trade. Um, you know, I, I although I'll be honest, like with the way that Davion has played these past these past few games, like how he's pretty much disappointed. 
And like, don't be surprised if he's on the block, honestly. Like, I'm not saying I would trade him. I would I would let him play through this and let him figure out in year three. But like I am seeing a future where he is on another team where he can handle the ball a lot more because this team just isn't giving him the it's not the it's it's a it's a tough fit for him to not, you know, handle the ball all the time. Yeah, I I see what you mean. It's like I mean, this is our first year really in terms of uh getting shit together, really. And I feel like we just need more experience and, you know, a second season will, you know, maybe get us rolling third season. Hopefully we'll find out uh, where we're at in terms of uh, what you call it, <laughs> I guess, seeding and, uh, you know, how we could compete in the West. So, I mean, time will come for sure. Look, it's all gravy right now. Like, you know, if you said the Kings were going to be the third seed right now, like 29 games, or 29 wins uh what's it called like th- this many games in by the all-star break like we would be ecstatic and like the you know fox not making the like fox like being snubbed from the all-star team is a legit conversation around around the national media not just king's media like if if that was the case like we would be very happy mm-hmm. and you know it like it, it's all about the experience right now this is year one it's great that we're doing so well but it's all about building like going forward and right now like you've done you built a foundation and you know don't be doom and gloom like you we've lost the last two in pretty unspectacular fashion but it's it's all good you built yourself a cushion and you know you're building you're building for more oh yeah i'm pretty sure like in the beginning of the season i think i personally said maybe play in maybe bottom eighth but yeah what goes now we're Pretty much we're almost, third seed, baby. Yeah, third seed. We'll see if we hold on to it, but hey, we're the third seed, baby. Yeah, so I, we'll keep our hopes up for sure. Uh, so one more thing I want to quickly go over. Um, so Steph Curry is going to be listed as out past the All Star break, and there is going to be a replacement for him. Could that be De'Aaron Fox or would it be Anthony Edwards? I don't know. Do you think it's going to be De'Aaron Fox? I hope so, but uh, and I feel like also doing so well with the Wolves. Like they just beat the shit out of the Nuggets. By the way, granted they were without Jokic and Murray, and I think I beat Jay too. So, hmm. like in my opinion, and is like there's only saving grace <laughs> in Minnesota. And no, not Rudy Gobert doesn't do it for you. Um, no, not not even Cat. <laughs> I mean, Cat. Yeah, I, I am so happy that a lot of people are coming around to that because I was on this trade. I, I was saying during the summer, they needed to trade him for Kevin Durant. Instead, the idiots extended him. So, yeah, Timberwolves. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. I I hope I don't know if Annan's going to be staying after, you know, his... Oh, country. he's staying. Like, he's getting 200 million. He's fucking staying. Fuck <laughs> off with that. Like, people are saying, like, Luca's going to leave. In, in four years? Why are we talking about four years later? Yeah. Motherfucker just got paid. Like, he's not going to leave. Not not yet, anyway. Like We got to calm down on that shit. Yeah, maybe in four years. <laughs> and we'll leave. I don't know. Minnesota will be different in four years. Most likely without Rudy. <laughs> back, to, back to the all-star thing. I got a hot take about this one. Uh-huh. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for Anthony Edwards to make it. You, mm. you want to know why? 
Why well, is that? well, first of all, I think I think honestly, like just spread out the love, like just just give Minnesota some love. Like each every team in the playoffs get gets an All Star. You know, there's that. But also, if De'Aaron Fox is leg- is actually going to be snubbed from this All Star game, guess who's going to come back pretty angry in the mm. second half of the season? It's going to be De'Aaron Fox for sure. It's going to be De'Aaron Fox. It's going to motivate the rest of the team. They got to they got to show out. And now you have angry De'Aaron Fox for the second half, second half or post All Star break. And the Kings are going to need that because the schedule gets a little tougher. And you know the fight for the standings is not going any it's not going away any anytime soon. All all the teams are fighting for their lives right now. You, you get you get angry deer and fox. It's going to be a huge asset, and we're probably going to need it for this for the second half. Okay, I wouldn't mind seeing him go super saiyan for the rest of the season. Exactly. Okay, I am going to preface everything I say beyond this point with. It was the Rockets. Just know that every statement that I make about the Kings, uh, who got the win, uh, 140 to 120. So no somber Owen, and unfortunately no Fong. He unfortunately had to miss the game. Uh, Just, again, scheduling issues. They're on the road, so it's unfortunately the the times just don't allow, allow him to be able to watch the game or unfortunately watch it on replay because I like to record right after just to get fresh thoughts in there. But regardless, every just know that every statement that I make about the Kings um, after this is that it was the Rockets. So again, the Kings beat the Houston Rockets 140 to 120. They went bonkers from three um, to make 21 threes. I'm pretty sure that is a record on the road. It's close to the record at home, but they went bonkers from three. So did the Rockets, actually. But the Kings matched that intensity, or not even intensity. They matched their shooting and were just lights out, basically. So um, after just a demoralizing wit or loss um, against the Pelicans on the front end of a back-to-back, the Kings had to, you know, make a statement. And honestly... They needed a get-right game, and that's what the Rockets were. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Everybody just looked better. Everyone looked more in rhythm. Everyone looked a little more comfortable, more themselves. But these are the Rockets, and they just let you do whatever the hell you want because, oh, my God, I don't know how it's possible. Their defense somehow got worse since the last time we saw them. Like, in the last, in the two games in in uh, Golden One Center, it's not like their defense was good or like you know god awfully terrible, but you can tell they were young, they were learning the ropes, and they just didn't. They just needed some work. But like my god, like they gave up so many backdoor cuts this game, and that was kind of one of the ways that the Kings got it got into a rhythm. Like Keegan, I swear to God, I think had three backdoor cuts where you know shot clock winding down, you know. They're about to force a tough shot, They're, and like they just cut back door for an easy layup or a dunk. Their defense was just terrible, and it let the Kings get into rhythm. And you know, uh, one guy that really took advantage of that was Keegan Murray, eight for twelve from three, uh, eleven for seventeen overall. Um, scores thirty points. Uh, I believe that is his uh, career high, and it is a franchise high for a rookie to hit eight threes for the Kings. Uh, Kevin Herter was the other guy that kind of took advantage. 
Now, he didn't shoot great from threes, two for seven, but he definitely found a bit of a, a bit more of a rhythm than he did, you know, last game. And, you know, he ended up seven for 12. So those are kind of the two, you know, big culprits on the road where they just have not been, been able to hit shots. But again, with the Rockets' defense, my God, it was just so bad that they just let guys get cut back on them. They let guys get in the rhythm. They don't chase well around screens. They give up penetration. All of the bad things that you can name from a bad defense. And, you know, the Kings still, like, there was still issues that you saw. They, they went on their kind of customary, just random drought where, like, they're not really taking bad shots by any means. And like, but they're just not hitting shots. But the the Rockets' defense is so bad that they they let the Kings bail themselves out by just again giving up easy backdoor cuts, giving up an open three for no reason, and that's how the Kings were able to win this game. They were just able to get into rhythm on offense, and you know their defense was what it was. Again, like they're gonna go on droughts. It's just that their their defense needs to hold up during these droughts and. While the defense did kind of give give a little bit of, give the Kings fans a little bit of a heart attack during certain moments because the Rockets got hot from three point land they were they were seven of ten from from three in the third quarter, but the Kings matched them and they were able to survive that route and again matched them and into the fourth quarter like Malik Monk got hot and then Keegan Murray went crazy and it was and basically that was how the game got blown open and that's how they absolutely beat the shit out of the. Houston Rockets. Uh, I read, I forgot who said it. I think it was, I want to say it was Frankie Corticelli. I, I don't know. But he he basically said, thank God the Kings have this game on, on their schedule and the perfect moment because, you know, after two really demoralizing losses, the Indiana Pacers one wasn't as demoralizing, but the, but the Pelicans one was really, really bad. You know, you get beat down by a team on the second night of a back-to-back, where sure you're missing De'Aaron Fox, they're missing they're missing two of their stars, and they just beat the ever loving shit out of you, and you know they had they had hit you know adversity, and you know Mike Brown was talking about you know when you fit when you face adversity your true colors come out. They they responded, they really did. The Kings King again score one forty on the Rockets. But it is the Rockets. It, it's I just wouldn't get too excited about this. It's great that the vibes are back. Like, you know, the Kings, they, they look like they got a little bit of their mojo back. With De'Aaron Fox coming back, even though he was rusty, he basically was he was De'Aaron Fox. Like, he attacked the rim. He was unstoppable, brilliant finishing, and just, you know, a really, really, like, creative shot, like, really creative shot making from him. He was himself uh, after a bit. But, you know, ultimately... I'm not going to take too much away from this. Fox's return definitely does help. But the reality is you're facing the Rockets. And they just let the Kings do, do whatever the fuck they wanted. And, this, and you know, you, you need to do this. Like, this is one thing about the Kings that is different from last year. They're beating the shit out of bad teams. Like, let me check their record against... Um, Check their records against uh, sub-500 teams real quick. Expanded. So let's see. The Kings are... Th let's see. The Kings are 18-6 and six against teams below 500 this season. That is a big difference because th there are a lot of moments last year where, you know, again, like you look back at the Rockets, 
they lost one they lost one in the golden one center against the rockets for no reason and then and then like they also lost to like the pistons and the well they they lost to the hornets this year and i think they had a loss against the hornets last year too and i can't think off the top of my head but the the point i'm trying to make is that even though this is you know a bottom feeding team that just has young guys that just don't know what they're doing as a team the kings were able to take advantage and they were able to absolutely bury them and you know not to mention on a second night of a back-to-back now again preface this again it is the rockets but you know on a second night of a back-to-back they came in ready they took the first shot and then basically never looked back after that maybe the kings maybe the kings need to be on more back-to-backs and just see how that goes. I don't. I don't know what their record is, but with how teams are beating them on second night of back to backs, like King Kings got Kings got might need something. Might need a jolt. Um, so, anyways, overall, really, really good win. Well, I wouldn't say a really, really good win because again, it's the Rockets. We'll say a good win, a good bounce back win, a good uh, get right game. And the Kings are now three and three on this road trip. Let's see if they finish up uh, on Friday with a win to go home for three before they uh, face, well, before they come back and face, you know, the mighty uh, <laughs> Dallas Mavericks when um, when they get Kyrie. So we'll see how that goes. Overall, I I I enjoy the experience. It's good to finally get some good vibes. We finally got to like the beam, and also. The Kings won 30 games. They have matched their win total from last season in February, in early February, no less. You know, again, like even even when I was talking about the New Orleans game, I mean, just imagine saying this: the Kings would would be the third seed. They would be, <clears throat> they would be, um, what's it called? God damn it! I just lost my train of thought. They would be 30 and 23 at one point in the season. We, I would be ecstatic if that was if that was the case. Like I had said, their ceiling is maybe a forty win team, or maybe it was like I think I said forty two. I think I was with falling on that, or like yeah, around forty two. But right now they're on pace to you know surpass even that. We'll see how the second half of the season goes. But what a turnaround for the Kings! Like what a great job that Mike Brown has done. What a great job you know the the players like being able to put all this together, being going out there and execute. Now they have they still have a lot of work to do. No, don't don't relax now, but it they're they're really putting something together and you know, they're on track to likely beat, you know, to be able to end the playoff drought and you know, wins like this while again against a really bad team are are what you need to do and they're taking care of business and now they just need to finish this uh road trip strong and go home and then you know, I think they face the Mavericks and the Suns before All Star break happens, and then you finally get a you finally get a much needed break because you know this game. While it was amazing to watch, like I, I'm seeing, I'm just seeing some stuff where it just feels like, um, you know, they, they it looks like they need a break. I'll just say that, like, you know, Sabonis looks like he's starting to wear out. Like he's attacking with a lot less aggression, in my opinion, but. You know, the, the fact that you're able to kind of, you know, stack these wins like early and again, be able to match your win total from last year that, you know, like just over halfway, halfway through the season is a, is a big accomplishment is a big jump. Keep building on this. And yeah, the, the Kings pick up a win like the beam. The good vibes are back. Okay.
All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, I don't really have much else to talk about uh, today. Um, so I'll be coming back to you uh, on Wednesday. I think Fong should be able to watch. We'll have to see. If not, uh, we'll be we'll be well. You'll hear from both of us um, at, on Saturday if that's the case because it is a back to back. So it's, it'll be uh, we'll be doing an episode covering both games. So we'll see how that goes. But as it stands right now, like the beam, the Kings have won thirty games on February sixth. Yeah, February sixth. Uh, the vibes are good. Let's continue building on this.